This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh-huh. Hey, Mimi. Oh, hey, Gigi. When you're driving around, just seeing the town. Sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up the glass, pick out a glass. We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queer Welcome back to Queerified. I'm Gigi Gorgeous. And I am Mimi. Are you new here? We're on Queerified. I know something you don't. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. That's not the vibe. Stop! Okay, enough with the TikToks. Back to Queerified. Today we are catching a vibe with a bona fide TikTok superstar. But before we get started, please call our hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. Nothing is off limits and maybe we'll answer your question right here on the pod. Oh my God. And please leave us five stars and a nice review and we may read yours right here on the pod. Like this one from Freddy Boy from Australia. They said, love, love, love. And we love you. Let's get back to the For You page and get scrolling. He's the funniest queer person on TikTok and I am so obsessed. He's been very open on social media his whole career and this pod is no exception. Let's dive in. Please welcome the captivating, jocular, hysterical, spunky, and sexy, Chris, Chris Olson. Okay, everyone, we are back with our first ever TikTok superstar. Superstar. Oh and our first time ever meeting Chris Olson. Hi, how are you guys doing? We're, Good. We're, we're such killing huge fans. It. Thank you. I was just like gushing over Gigi over here saying I grew up like watching her YouTube. Um, I know like probably way too much of her story. So I was literally like, let me reel it in a little bit. But I was also saying, I think it's so important for us to all be able to like fangirl over each other all the time. Because especially in LA, people just do not want to fangirl. And I'm like, enough with that. I think it's embarrassing (laughs) when people don't. It's like, it's giving off fake vibes. It's setting the tone for something where you have to keep up. You know, when you like, lie not saying we do but like when you lie about things over and over and over again you have to keep up that lie yes it's like uh, eventually you're gonna have to break and be like mm-hmm. i did watch you yes like i do I love did. you i do know your whole relationship story like all of that i mean hello that. well yeah. i can't wait to get more into you today oh my god okay okay so fun. for sure for sure <laughs> i was gonna say it's also important because like as queer trailblazers the both of you it's important to say what you've accomplished your achievements you're huge on tiktok huge Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's really hard to see it from your personal perspective. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, I've just been creating, um, kind of just doing what came to me naturally. And I think an audience kind of showed some love to that. And so that what that's what kind of transformed me into 
more the idea of Chris Olsen than just the human Chris Olsen. So I don't know if that was kind of a similar experience you had on your come up is like you were just creating and people decided to like it. And yes. then suddenly you were Gigi Gorgeous, the icon, not Gigi Gorgeous, <laughs> just like I'm blushing, <laughs> you know, I think you it is it is hard to see it from an outside perspective. And I feel like if you are just doing it with like the joy in your heart. Yes. Like you like it. It's it's sometimes it goes like beyond you until you're like out in public at a mall and people are like, totally. oh, my God, you're like, oh, my God, like these people online are real, real humans. Totally, totally. It's especially like whenever I'm out with family or something, because family is like the most grounding thing in the world. Absolutely. They will not treat you any <laughs> different. I mean, like if anything, like I'll tell my dad an accomplishment and my dad loves me. This is nothing against him, but he'll just be like thumbs up. He'll be like, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then. And when we're out, when I'm out with family and someone comes up, I'm like, oh my, what is happening here? But like, see guys, something's different. Yes. It's like, do I be my internet self? The like more outroverted person? Totally. Because your family can like clock the bullshit within two seconds. Yeah. They're like, who was that? Yeah. Like, okay. (laughs) So your fans are fake fans because they don't know the real you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I, I try to really like kind of merge the gap and be the real me online and in person. Like I forget again that I have more followers than I once used to because I'll post on my Instagram story way too much probably like personal information that like no one else needs to know about how I've been feeling that day Um, just for like transparency. And I feel like that's kind of where I try to I I try to I have to remind myself like there's a lot of people seeing this you should Mm -hmm. probably watch what you say but also like keep sharing it because they just want to see a regular person people want connection like it seems like you really connect with your fans for your lack of a better word really well like you share a lot on social media I do. I think it's honestly something that I really learned in therapy. I um, Mm, would talk to my therapist. We love therapy, but Mm -hmm. I would talk to my therapist about like the anxieties of sharing myself on social media and always sharing this idealized version of what was going on. And my therapist, I remember one time was just like, what if you shared like a bad day or if you were anxious? What what if you shared one of those? She said that. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She challenges me all the time. And it's very like, she's been my therapist for a long time. And I was like, you know what, you're right. So I remember one day I kind of just post, I was having a really anxious day. And I just posted having a pretty anxious day. Mm -hmm. If anyone else is feeling that like, I'm here for you. And I see you. And I got like more responses on that story than I ever had, because people were like, I was Mm -hmm. feeling that too. Thank you for sharing something like that. But if I had if I had chosen to ignore that and just been like, well, people don't want to see that. I just, I can only share the good things. Mm-hmm. Then so many people would maybe still think they were going through what they were going through alone. Totally. A hundred percent. How is that for you, Gigi? Because you're kind of yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do. I'm like so strategic in the way that I let my personal business out. I think totally. back in the day, it was a lot more organic. Like I would yeah. like film and yeah. vlog and stuff. But for the most part, like I'm a really guarded person because of just shit that I've been through. And I'm not pro. I am pro therapy for people that really like, you know, need it or feel like they need it. I've really never been a therapy person. Yeah. And not to say that it, it w- wouldn't help me at all. But I've I've always just been like, I've been hurt in the past. I know when to let it in. And I really am guarded. Like even in my friendships, it takes so long to like knock down my walls. So I think we do have a very, very similar approach like that. Yeah. And I feel like it is the vulnerability though, in the end that really gets people to be like, huh, 
Like right. that is something that I'm going through too. And I wanted to ask you too. So you getting started on TikTok, I want to know how that happened and yeah. any like advice for people because oh I know God. I get asked <laughs> so much, how do I get started on YouTube? How do I get started on the internet? Yeah. Like yeah. what what do you say when people ask you that? Yeah, I mean, I we Ian and I started um, at the start of quarantine. It was April 11th of 2020. He remembers wow. the date. Um, <laughs> but we, I, I, it was just like none of us had anything to do. I know that's a very universal experience, especially at the start of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're both very creative people. I was still going to school for musical theater. Oh, now, so you're like hardcore theater oh gang. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I don't know that. I'm very hardcore. Like, I went to high school for musical theater, okay. college mm-hmm. for musical Word. theater. I really dove in. I don't know if I would still choose that, knowing what I knew know now. But it was a quick great sidebar. Time. What's your dream role? Oh God, that is too. That that's really tough for me. But we mm-hmm. were just talking about Spring Awakening. I would okay. love to be in that show at some point. I love kind of like the the darker shows and stuff Judas like that. and Jesus Christ Superstar. That would be a very tough one mm-hmm. for me. That the, like any <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, you're like singing up and down. But you know, like a Next to Normal, a Dear Evan Hansen. Oh my god, those... Next to Normal is my favorite musical of all time, and no one knows it. Oh my god, guys, I feel like I just entered Brazil, and you're speaking another language. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, you're like, what is going on? Anyways, I'm sorry obsessed with Next to Normal. Me too. Um, those are your top three, though. Top three. Any for any musical theater it's people out there? It's my top one. Next to Normal is my top one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I would say Next to Normal is also kind of my top one. I'm I've Therapy. been obsessed with that show for therapy exactly Mm -hmm. like mental illness it Mm -hmm. literally is exactly what we need to know um you get it right (laughs) you do you know exactly what we're talking about (laughs) um so i we i was we're very creative people so just kind of had nothing to do for a while and tiktok was blowing up at the time but it was still kind of an app for like the younger kids so i was like let me just get on and kind of see what's going on on here and i had so much fun just scrolling the for you page because as we all know like it is so easy to get lost Mm -hmm. in that for you page yes Um, you even have a video i've been scrolling for like an hour and you're like hold up hold up (laughs) stop scrolling and i'm like i look at the username i'm like this isn't his page yeah 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 yeah. so tiktok have you heard have you seen that one mimi Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're like yes. in a towel or something. I, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, TikTok asked us to do the um, stop scrolling video. And mm-hmm. I think it doesn't show up for everyone because some of my friends are like, oh, I've never seen you do that. And then other of my friends will send me the video every time it pops up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to yes. start doing that. <laughs> I'm like that. That's that I've seen it me. a few times. Yeah, I And know. I'm thinking, like, why is he telling me to stop scrolling when he's, like, TikTok superstar <laughs> of the world? Well, I have shown up on my own page to tell myself to stop scrolling. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Then it, you really know. And then I'm like, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, inner voice is way too loud. Right. Um. So, it's it, we were just being creative, and I did not set out to, like, kind of make it a career or anything, though I was always a social media consumer. Like I said, mm-hmm. I grew up watching you I grew up watching so many of the beauty gurus even though I don't do any of it myself none of it um I was I just loved kind of like the content creation space space. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and so I I didn't have the aspiration but I just kind of started and I think 
once you if you have a love for it, you're going to have the drive to kind of make mm-hmm. whatever happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so Ian and I were having so much fun just making these videos for a while and an audience decided they kind of really enjoyed it. And so that's kind of where it came to be. But I guess if there was any advice for someone who wanted to become a content creator, it's just really make the content that makes you happy. Because mm-hmm. if you're only creating for views or for followers, it's never going to be worth it. It's like an empty an empty promise to yourself. Yes. Because if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, then you're like strung up on it. Totally. And it's like, you just got to do what makes you happy. I agree. And I think yeah. that that's literally the advice that I give. Honestly, when people totally. ask that, it's like, you got to... You got to go to bed at night with yourself. And if you're not happy, you're not like having fun, then it shows and you're not going to be like a very happy person. Right. If you're doing shit that doesn't make you happy. It will never be enough. And then if it's and then if if it doesn't hit in the way that you want it to, then it'll be even more disappointing. Yes. You know, exactly. Yeah. Social media. I mean, DG knows, but it can be a really a very, very dark place sometimes. Um, And for a lot of influencers, a kind of switch happens where it becomes um, where it goes from being fun to let's say not being fun where it becomes work has that turn happened for you yet oh yeah that turn <laughs> yeah. that turn i don't know if you're experienced with this but that turn happens pretty quickly i mean i know like um kind of youtube there's a lot more work in YouTube that it takes to kind of grow your platform so i maybe it didn't happen as quickly for you but um I remember like the because TikTok has this like algorithm that just makes you grow so fast. I remember the time that we blew up. Also, I'm just like going through my head right now. And that was not shade to you. I was saying you you like worked (laughs) even harder than me to grow your platform. That's what I was saying. No, I took it it as that. I was like, just to clarify for everyone that was not shade. She's worked harder than me. (laughs) Like we are in her gorgeous house. Okay. so, no, you're good. You're good. Right. So like um, it, I remember the the two weeks that our blow up happened and we kind of went from 200K to over 2 million um, kind of like merch reached out to us to make that happen. Ooh. A few management companies reached out to us to make that happen. And then brand deals were starting to come in before we had even signed with management. So we were doing all of that ourselves. You have the same that- management, by the way. Did you know that? Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. because when we signed with them, like Gigi was, is like the star of that management company so it's like the person <laughs> to look up to and to aspire to oh is gg and so i was like what a full Absolutely. circle moment so mm-hmm. full like circle. isn't that such a gag to you uh, it's such a like i i just think back if i could have told my little self in maryland who was watching your videos that like i'll be sitting here just doing a podcast <laughs> i would, such I a would gag. die and you guys doing your own brand deals and all that like i can't actually even imagine like especially in a two-week span yeah I mean you guys were in it and you said that there was really nothing to do because of quarantine so you guys could dive in but that must have been really intimidating it it really was because I think the first one we did um they just reached out and I remember I went on a website that was like calculate how much you should earn for a brand deal you don't even know what to ballpark had Mm -hmm. no idea because the only like 
uh, I would think like, oh, you get like, what, $50 for a post on social? Like, no one knows until you're in the space, like, what you should be earning and what you deserve as a content Did you have like friends in TikTok that you could be like, we're around the same or like you could even ask their opinion on such a thing? Like, because it is different. Usually, like, it isn't all about numbers. It's really about like more than that, right? So like, if you were to go in so high to a brand, they'd be like, this is a joke. Or so low, they'd be like, this is everything. Yes, and that's actually actually what we ended up doing we definitely went in way too low oh, no. but I felt like it was super high because I was yeah. like I would never ask for this amount of money but let me ask immediately they were like perfect and I was like oh no <laughs> I knew I knew we did something wrong here right um so the but that was really tough and that's that kind of like highlighted the importance of management and kind mm-hmm. of finding that and figuring that out but it's also tough when you first start because you don't know what management you're going to click with initially because it could be good it could be bad thankfully both of my parents are actually lawyers amazing so oh, wow. i sent them the contracts anytime <laughs> we got a contract amazing. and was like i do not understand any of this because contract language is like that's another language. Oh, like yeah. I try, it's, I try, it's fucked. Like yeah, I'll read yeah. two sentences and I'll already be thinking about like what I want to eat. Exactly. Like, it does not register. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, there's 70 pages totally. of this. Like yeah. what? And that's what they want you to be doing. They totally. want you to just sign and then be like, cool, cool, cool. So I remember being really confused. I had no idea what like, um, exclusivity was so mm-hmm. if a brand was like we're exclusive in this space for like nine months I was like okay and then you end up not being able to do any more like skincare products for nine months because <laughs> yep. you signed your exclusivity away yeah. yeah so I remember I had to tell my management when we first started I was like okay one issue I can't do this because we did something oh, no. for another yeah. brand early on but you know time passed and having management and being able to ask for help, I think was really important. Mm -hmm. You know, you said like, did you have any friends? Definitely. It took a while to kind of grow friends in the social media space because you kind of have to feel out like who you vibe with and who you don't. And were you guys like meeting up with any people in the beginning? No, because it was like the heart of COVID, which was what was really hard for a lot of content creators at that time. Like, I moved to LA and Ian had lived here before. So we moved together and he had a few friends who were here already, but I knew no one except for his friends. Crazy. And so wow. it was really... How old were you when you moved? I was 22. Okay. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. young. So, you were so young. So young. <laughs> so it was it was tough. Um, and I was finishing up my senior year of college on Zoom once again. So it was like, I was like just at home most of the day doing Zoom classes and then thinking about content for the rest of the day, but not leaving the house. Because when we first arrived, it was one, when LA was surging, two, when LA was on fire. Like Jesus, it was yeah. like I we would go outside in the sun, like the entire sky was orange. I don't I don't know if you guys remember that. It was insanity. So my welcome to LA was it Hell. was tough. Yeah, that actually is how, and you would go outside and it would smell like fire. Yes. Like not a joke. I'd be like, is the fireplace on? Did something burn? No. And it's like, no, that's actually just our land. Yeah, that's the fire from like Northern California. Yeah, and the just winds like are bringing the ashes down. down and the cars are all covered in ashes. Like it was like not a joke. It was really, no. it was really a crazy, like people are, people always warn about when you move to LA because of the mm-hmm. people. But I, uh, my welcome to LA was not about the people. It was about the land. Just, there was the an earthquake, earthquake within like <laughs> yeah. a month before I got here. The Getty so. Museum almost, almost went under. Yeah, there like was fully. so much that was, was happening at that time. But I think it kind of like, while it was very overwhelming, it kind of like 
warmed me up to LA very quickly because I was like, okay, this place is fucking crazy. Um, and now I know how to at least conquer it on my own for a second. Now let me like make some friends. So as things opened up, I was kind of, and you know, I was DMing people. We were talking online, hoping like one day we'll meet up. And I've met up with most of those people now, but it was, it was definitely a tough, like first few months coming to this city. I mean, that's gnarly. I actually want to know, I don't know if we, if I know this, how did you like come out? Did you ever have like a girlfriend? Was that like, no, <laughs> I, I, th- I actually love that question. Cause I feel like I don't even talk about it that much. Cause I came out at the end of eighth, seventh grade. At the end of seventh grade, I oh, was, that's it early. was that's very good. early. It was earlier very than early. us, Mark. But Way earlier. I, can't, I definitely came out as bi first because okay. I feel like so many of the gays do. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is just obviously for yes, It's totally not to negate, like, I'm not here for bi erasure whatsoever, <laughs> but I know a lot of me and my other gay friends, like, you kind of have a soft come Back out. Back in first. the day, of course. Yeah, yes. exactly. Test the exactly. Waters. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember I, like, hooked up with a guy at theater camp because I also went to theater camp oh my god I hooked up with a guy at theater camp and um immediately was like I need to tell some of my friends about it granted I was going to an all-boys school at the time and then there was an all-girls school across the street so I was friends with a lot of the all-girls school um a lot of the girls at the all-girls school. And so I told a bunch of them knowing that they gossip. And I was like, <laughs> I will tell a few people Strategy. so mm-hmm. they can tell spread everybody. the word. And You planted a seed? <laughs> I planted a literal How? seed. But it ended up backfiring. That's smart. Yes, it was smart for friends because I was like, I don't need to have individual conversations. But then I take a sick day off from school once and my mom <laughs> is driving me to like the library or something I don't know she's like so I heard something and I'm like not this did you know (laughs) I knew immediately because it was a move of my parents to also always bring up important things in the car so there's no escape ew that might be like my new trigger (laughs) like getting in the car you're like I'm trapped yes like on road trips they would occasionally (gasps) be like we need to have a family talk oh no I I would I could bring that up to my parents now and they would definitely apologize knowing that is like that was not the way to go about things I mean it's a hard (laughs) way to parent though I feel like I honestly might catch myself doing the same thing like I gotta catch these bitches listen because they'll walk away they will the only thing is it's not eye contact and I I no. love an eye contact. No, like if like, I ask you something, it's got to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're focused on the road. It's all audible. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I would need like a we'd rent a sprinter van. Totally. And get yeah, a driver. Yeah. And then we're going to sit in the back and just stare at each other. <laughs> You're going to be yeah. handcuffed to the seat. Exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, parenting is so tough, especially with queer kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't hold any resentment towards them. But my mom was like, are is this happening um like are you telling people this and i was like yes and like you know bless her heart this was out of protection In but she sixth was like great yeah, yeah 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 she was like i don't um like i don't know if you should be telling people that because i'm worried about you okay. and so that kind of fucked with me a little bit because i know it was out of protection but it mm-hmm. it put planted the seed that like you're oh not my safe. god am i doing something wrong here um so you know at the through eighth grade, it ended. It was kind of okay. Everyone knew. I'm pretty sure everyone knew I was gay, even though I was saying I was bi. And then, 
high school hit and it got kind of tough and I started getting um, cyberbullied a little bit on Facebook, oh, um, which was the social media of the time. Um, and I remember I was like defending a girl once because a guy called her ugly and then he came to my <laughs> page and was just like, well, like something about just like you're gay and everyone hates you. Um, and I remember calling my friend like crying and then just being like every time I would go to school and a, f- a few of the guys backed him up and I remember after that every time I would go to school I just did not feel safe there anymore all boys school we're in high school guys are just mean as girls um was were there any other out gay people there was one and were you guys um, friends and we were it, not it was giving like, mortal enemies it, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't giving mortal enemies it was just giving he came in high school and I was at that school through middle school so he was kind of okay. like all re- he, like I was very deep into it and he was just like out. I'm going to avoid all of these people regardless. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so the brunt of it was on you. So it was definitely on me because I also was friends with all the popular girls. So like there was no avoiding me at that point from any of the guys. I remember I wore like Doc Martens to school once and I got made fun of for wearing heels. And I, was, I cannot. <laughs> like Doc Martens. Bye. Like, which are literally like that is a flat sole basically. They wear those in the military. <laughs> I basically. know. I know. And one teacher complimented me and I, I'll remember him forever because I was like, that is was exactly she, was he an English I teacher? To. I think he was like English or history. Of course, they're he always was. the nicest. <laughs> yes. Of course, they were. Maybe you'll yes. go back and see him. Have you ever Maybe, thought about that? I, you know what? He I was, did that in my high school. I think he was also a sub that day too. Like it <gasps> was. Shout out to this teacher. Shout out to that teacher he for might, literally being like an angel. He might remember you. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's totally possible. So then. I remember just like crying to my advisor and then I would cry before I went to school every day in the car. So my parents were like, we got to do something about this. So I ended up auditioning for an arts boarding school Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts for high school. And then I switched to go there um, halfway through my freshman year and everyone was gay there. Girls, of boys, course. every of single course. person was queer. Mm-hmm. So I sudden, like, as soon as I went there, I didn't even start, like, I, I started telling people I was gay, but I didn't even, like, it, it, it was just assumed at that point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I found my safe space, and that was that was a much better change from that all-boys Catholic school that I was going to before. Did you ever have... Uh, internal homophobia because you were I gay? Think, uh, like, I definitely felt that. Totally. And I, th- I did that. Oh, yeah. And I acted on it. And I'm like, of why course. did I do that? I definitely like, think there were certain it's our things. Trauma. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Especially mm-hmm. going to an all boys school where it's mm-hmm. like we. We were required to wear a suit and tie every day and you had to play two hours of sports every day after school. So it was like literally and and the narrative was like, you are the men of the future. Literally, the start of the school song is men of the future stand. It's fucking insane. It is very it it is like it's insane. I I like quake to think that was my environment for a while. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, you know, did and you there date was, anybody there, in that school? Like, how what was your dating oh, life like there? No, no, no. I, not not even. even. Like, I was, wow. I was okay. really, really scared. Though there were some guys who definitely like would like plant a little seed here and there, and I clock it now, and I'm like, I wonder what you're doing same. now. Like, same. Um, I like clock maybe it now clocking, too. Like planting those same little seeds. Yes. Like not, totally, mm-hmm. totally. So um, I think there definitely was because like when I went to this 
art school, everyone was so like ready to do drag and ready to like do a full face before going to class. And I was always so uncomfortable with that for a really long time because I, I, I wasn't I wasn't uncomfortable with them at all. I was obsessed with it whenever people would like go full out. But I was always like, oh, but I could never like there's something in me that's just not that. And then I remember when I did like my first full face and I felt so fierce <laughs> and I was just like, what was I like so scared of for right. so long? Yeah. But it's, you know, it takes a while and it takes a lot of adjustment and it takes some like getting rid of that judgment of yourself for for a second but that just takes time and experience I and think. when did 100%. that when did you start feeling comfortable with yourself like when like when could you you know start seeing people romantically and uh, you know flourishing as a gay person yeah, I think it was pretty quick into that um, boarding school that I, I remember I had like I got a boyfriend a freshman year and it was yeah, cute, amazing and also horrible. It was like amazing because it was like, oh, how cute. Like, Are you lucky cute, in love? Am I lucky in love? I don't. Well, how much have you dated? Having a boyfriend that early in freshman year? I never. I'm, yeah. I never either. Right, right. I, I wouldn't say like I, I have had a good amount of three month flings that's oh, dating though that's, i guess yeah. it, it is, is. It, is. Not, it is i mean that's fucking <laughs> right right but also when you're like you know a sophomore in high school or junior senior it's like you're just like mm-hmm. uh you're not having that much sex you know what i mean oh, um really? <laughs> I, I get well that's there's like there are two schools of thought there like freshman sophomore year I wasn't and then like junior senior year I, I guess I kind of went crazy yeah a, a whore as everyone has to have their as all of everyone. us everyone but yeah I guess there was a good amount of dating but I never had a long-term relationship until I met Ian my junior year of college so um, we are actually well, really similar in that way I oh, really feel, yes. I've only ever had one serious, serious relationship before my now husband. That's true. Oh, that's true. It is. I mean, okay. I was like a monogamous, like, like slut, you know, yeah. dater. Yeah, I would definitely not a monogamous, like, like opposite of monogamous. Well, but I would be like, like they would be like, you're mine, and I'd be like, yes, but like not. I would <laughs> never. I was never like, I right. love you. I would say you it, were but never I did in not love. Mean it. You were never in love. No, I couldn't understand I didn't mean it. it. Totally. And then my first long relationship, I feel like was like, wow, like this is what it's like. Yes. And I got the toxic one out of the way, and now mm-hmm. I've reached my prince charming. But yeah, I want to dive into a little bit about Ian. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like you guys were, like, the most. Like powerful, like decorated. I can think of one. I could think of Pierre and Nick, but they don't even touch you guys. They're ridiculous. Oh, like you guys are very real. I don't know who that is. You know who they are. I need to. They're like like gorgeous. Remember, I showed you his picture, and I was like, I'm gonna get this face. Oh my god! (laughs) You have to like. I have to see it again. Yeah, but I feel like you guys are Mm -hmm. genuine. Like, like were your couple? Like, literally number one. They are. Um, like that must have been a lot of pressure. Sorry. it de- <laughs> definitely definitely a lot of pressure um you know especially because uh, again this was our first long-term relationship ever the both of um, you both of us oh wow and he's, he's 34 so it was also his first long-term relationship so it was a big learning experience regardless outside mm-hmm. of all the social media we were just like how do we do this thing um and so we obviously started creating together, but when things happened, I think we had been dating for about seven months, um, and 
then it's still very early on still very early on you know obviously for me it felt like that was a long time and I was like great let's take this on but (laughs) I had no idea what was about to happen we were also long distance before COVID Um, so I was going to school in Boston he was living in LA for a little bit to do some dancing gigs out here and I would save up my money buy a flight for Friday night at like 7.30 p.m., fly from Boston to L.A., stay Friday night, Saturday night, and then on Sunday night, I would take the red eye back to Boston, land at like 7.30 a.m., and then go to class. Bougie, but it it, it was not. It was like I was was barely affording the like basic economy. I would plan a month and a half in order to be able to afford it. Um, Let myself go broke for the sake of love. Of course. Um, That's everything. everything. I love that. Literally the exact same way. Were you ever like, hey, Ian, could you buy my flight this weekend? No, because neither of us really had money. And I was was very, like, he was doing these dance gigs, which were amazing. But, you know, like, the life of an artist, you get one, you work for two days, and then you're waiting for the next one. You have no idea what's coming next. Totally. So I oddly had the more stable job, which was working at the Equinox Kids Club for, They have a kids club (laughs) for Equinox? They have a kids club. So it's like the rich moms will drop off their children for a maximum of two hours. So Gigi would do that. So you are definitely mm-hmm. going to be using the kids club. I honestly wouldn't because I'll have at home care. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like if I'm not going to Equinox, my kids are not. Yeah. So it was definitely it was it was the moms would bring in their kids. I would take care of their kids. Granted, I am not really I, I am now. But when I started, I'm not really that good with kids. I was just like, <laughs> I want a job at a gym so I get a free free membership. Oh, yeah, I'm great with kids when they asked me if I could do that, even though I wanted to work at the front desk. And I worked there for like a year and a half and eventually learned how to like be really good with kids. I have like uh, a few, I, I remember, I have such good memories from there and also yeah. some really bad ones, you know? Like there was yeah. definitely many a time when a kid like peed on the floor and I had to wipe oh, yeah. it up with like some, <laughs> or, or even like <laughs> shit on the floor. And I was like, what am I doing here for a minimum wage? Like, but this is not my kid. This is not like fully, I shouldn't be doing this. I love that not though. That's my the child. Best. Like I used to yes. teach kids how to play tennis and I would never want to yeah. like I would never want my own kids but like I loved handling yeah. of, like teaching other people's kids for like yes. an, one hour. Exactly, and then they you know, <laughs> like it was nice to, it, they always had a two hour limit and you best mm-hmm. believe when that two hours hit, I was on the phone being like, hey guys, <laughs> like, hey mom, hey mama, you got to pick up your child. <laughs> um, but, it's like a healthy limit, two yeah, hours. totally. So I was oddly the one with the like stable job at that point. So I want to ask, what was the hardest part about having a relationship on in public? Like you both have that. Like what's the hardest part about that? Like having the relationship post TikTok kind of? No, in like on for everyone to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's tough because it was a big, again, learning curve because when you first have a lot of eyes on you, you suddenly realize everyone is perceiving you in a different way and everyone's going to have different opinions. And I remember really early on, we were immediately getting the comments that said, 
Chris is clearly more in love with Ian or Ian is so annoying or they're both so annoying and they're going to break up so quickly. It was really tough and I had to kind of train myself out of believing those, though that's still a work in progress. I mean, so many creators I know like kind of go in and out with how well they do with hate comments every day. It's like it, it can become a pretty consistent battle, which I'm actually like interested in what your perspective on it is being someone who's been in the space for so long, like do you do much better with kind of the internet um, response than you used to? Or is it kind of like always something you're going in and out with? I mean, you can, you can say, Oh, I built this thick skin. It doesn't affect me. Like this is something that I've, I've said in the past, but it does suck. And it really is based off of your day. And I'll say with your relationship, my past one and my previous one, it makes you really like to a level 10 of it almost speeds up your relationship because you're both seeing these things online. Right. Regardless if you're like, I don't look at the comments like you see one and it can affect you. One. Yeah. And it's especially like if the other person didn't ask for this and it really does teach you how to love each other in a different way. And totally. it's also like an open communication thing. Like we've got to talk about what people are saying. Right. Because it's not going to go away and we can't right. be like, they don't matter. Yes. You know, I think. It's all about just how much like you love yourself and how happy you are in your life. Right. That really does like change your mindset. Yeah. Because if you are going through it and somebody points that out, like if, if someone were to say, oh, Chris is obviously more obsessed with Ian than right. Ian is with Chris. If there's a grain of truth to that, it's like, oh, it like eats right. away at you. And those are the kind of comments that get to me. I'm like, this bitch just really fucking called me out. Yeah. Like, this just is true. Like, <laughs> why was I just red right now? Yeah. Like, ouch. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, we got to talk about it. We got to like, really like, um, you know, face it head on. What's something that you learned in your past relationship, like why it didn't work or um, what what you would have changed, if anything? With Ian, Mm -hmm. I think I definitely would have changed the way we created together early on while it was still really good and really fun. I think I would have just kind of done things that I really enjoyed. I remember just early on, I noticed people really love this couple content. So that's just what we'll keep doing. Even if I want to create other things, even if I see my friends going and trying new coffee shops, I can't do that because people don't want to see that from me. I was so like impressionable on what other people wanted rather than what I wanted. And I think that ended up, um, putting a lot of I I ended up putting a lot of pressure on myself and then we put a lot of pressure on our relationship to push forward with this new career that we had when that isn't what we needed to do I could have early on started creating what I wanted and who cares about how it would have been received it may have been received not received as like widely and amazingly as some of the couple content was but it would have taken a lot of pressure off early on but you know, just like you said, it's, it's sometimes it's tough when you receive a comment that's like, I miss this or I miss that. And you don't even mean to see it. You just happen to click on your notifications that day. And then the first thing that pops up is like, why aren't you doing anything with this? It's boring. Then you suddenly feel a pressure to be like, oh, shit, should I? 
okay, let me go back to what you want because I do want to deliver what my audience wants. I do want everyone to be happy, but I am also such a people pleaser. And that's what I've had to work on a lot to be like, yes, I'm allowed to want to please others, but one of the people I need to please is myself, you know? Absolutely. Do you think the downfall of your relationship was TikTok? I wouldn't, I would not like blame any certain thing on a da- on the downfall of our relationship. I think, th- I think regardless whether we were doing social media or not, I think we did not get the chance to know each other in the way I would have loved to based on everything, based on COVID, based on being long distance, distance. based on so many things that were completely out of our control that there is no like blame on any certain thing or any certain person on what happened. I just think there were a lot of things that were working against us. And now we're kind of taking the narrative to be able to turn inward and be like, okay, who are we in 2022? Like, who is Chris? Who is Ian? And who are Chris and Ian as friends? Like, we, yeah. we skipped the the friend part, which Getting I would have loved, other? which yes, which I would have loved to have at the start. I very quickly, but, but it was my fault because I very quickly fell in love with him and was like, I'm obsessed, want this guy to be my boyfriend, let me lock him down. And like, Chris, calm down. This may be too personal of a question, but how are yeah. you? I'm, I, you know, I was actually like, I was listening to some sad music on the way over here and I was like, God, there are certain, I, I was practicing the podcast in my head, even though I <laughs> like for, for the viewers, I wasn't like given any questions. I was just like, I imagine this could be asked. And I was like, there are definitely certain things where if I were to answer this right now, I would get emotional, but I think it's just, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I go up and down. Um, I, I really, I just like love, I'm a person who loves love. I know you were just saying like you are very much a hopeless romantic as well. And so that has been a really hard thing to lose. Um, While it may have been lost kind of a while ago, it really is a tough thing to kind of um, not have as part of your everyday life anymore. And so there are definitely some low lows, but I also feel a new sense of hope for myself in discovering who I am outside of college as a single guy in LA, um, though I hear, and I'm not even considering diving into it yet, though I hear the LA dating scene is very scary. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just like, definitely. I'm just um, trying to move forward day by day and mm-hmm. step by step, even hour by hour. If I'm having a tough time, I allow myself to just stay at home. And if I'm having a great time, and how often I, do these tough times come? I mean, breakups are so hard and you know, you, you come on to TikTok and you, everybody's looking at this um, picture perfect couple, but I honestly think that people will find more um, relatability in these tough yeah. moments that you're having. Like what you're having right now is more, I would say, affecting yeah and i you know i have tried to share some of those tough times and i think an audience has been really receptive of it because we all go through tough times whether they're a breakup or whether it's loss or whether it's kind of anything that could be happening throughout your day i would say there's there is a little bit of a tough time 
every day now. You know, it doesn't last for the whole day. And I don't feel like I'm in a full slump because I've really like worked in therapy and worked with my friends to just always be able to call on my friends or or. I even called my therapist today, even though it's not a day that we have a session, because I was just like, I just am having a lot of anxiety. Let me talk it out. Um, But I really try to share when some of these moments happen. And while there are tough times every day, I would say with each tough time, there's a good time that, that either follows or comes before. And I'm able to at least hold on to that bit of hope. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to just literally for your own sanity yeah. to just be happy that it even happened. Exactly. Like really yeah. just be like, I had that time that was beautiful. Yeah. Of course, breakups are fucking terrible. And like yeah. you Awful. had the rare experience of doing it in front of millions of people. Yeah. Right. So like you'll never. Re- yeah, literally. <laughs> like you. We are still Thank here, you. breathing, living, thriving. Have you um, revealed who broke up with who? No, no, that's not. Um. No, we haven't. We haven't really talked about. I I think it's like this is where it gets really tough because it's like there, like the details of the breakup. um, There's a lot of speculation on what happened, and I'm going to allow the speculation to go because there are certain things about all of our content creators' lives that can just be for ourselves and be for the people who know us. Do you want to set any records straight? I haven't heard any speculation. I don't. I don't. Good. That's very cute. Yeah. You know, if, if, if people want to have a certain, I, that is something I had to learn through the content creator space. I used to defend and be like, well, like for anything, um, I would just be like, well, this is, this is the truth. Or like, or, or I would get mad when someone read me or someone was right about something. I would be like, Maybe you're right, but like, F you, you know, but I want to go back to something you said about being thankful that it happened. We sent each other um, like pretty long texts the other day just about being like, well, this is really tough. I'm so thankful that we went through this together and I would have I like I would not have gone through this with anyone else. It was so special to go through some of these amazing and tough and crazy and confusing times with you by my side. And I'm so thankful I had you um, throughout all of that. But you guys are still going to have each other, right? Like you guys are still going to be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say we still talk at least a little bit every day. We might miss a day here and there, but, um, it's, I, I would think it's really tough. It would, it would be very tough to go from being around each other 24 seven for almost two and a half years to never speaking again, especially if things end relatively amicably, you know? Right. We were talking about that before this podcast, how, um, Mm -hmm. how do you stay friends with your exes? Because me and my partner who we've been together for 10 years, I mean him especially, he has exes that I'm like, this might be crazy to some people. He talks to almost every day. Like, wow, is that yes. crazy? That is crazy. Yes. See, I can't relate because I haven't mm. had a good breakup. I just right. had literally like bad ones or shit mm. went down or it was extremely toxic where I'm yep. like, I will kill myself if I still am friends with you. Yeah. So I can't relate. But I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing to yeah. be like, there is so much love here. Like, let's mm. let's continue this and totally. like help to let, let each other grow and not like bring each other down with the toxicity of mm. that kind of like romantic. What Adults, if yep. like if you both actually let yep. it go? then that I think is like really beautiful and rare. Like people can't do that. There are so many situations that I have not experienced yet. Mm -hmm. So when I hear anyone being able to successfully talk to most of their exes or like any relationship, um, 
I, I, I'm always just in such support of people being able to do anything healthily. And so I think I have been able to see some of my friends be able to talk to their exes like amicably, even if it takes some time and there's a little weirdness there um, because there definitely is with any couple that transitions from being boyfriends, boyfriend, girlfriend to not. But um I think it's so possible. Um, oh, again, definitely. this is my first long-term relationship. So some of the exes I had in the past that were just the three, four months, I don't talk to as much mm-hmm. there. I, I think there's probably a few that I do talk to. Um, but this is kind of my first experience with a long-term relationship, wrapping up, ending, and then seeing how are we going to be friends after this? And so it's a work in progress. You know, I don't have an answer of saying like, we're amazing and everything (laughs) is perfect. And this Mm -hmm. is how you do it. Like, this is how you guys at home do it. I don't know. Um, I'm just experiencing it. It's a very real raw answer. Anything you look for, one of the last questions we're going to ask before we go to queries, um, anything you look for in your next possible relationship that you can pinpoint within yourself or the guy? (laughs) Yeah, like, what have you learned? What are your non-negotiables for the next one? I've always said as a joke, but maybe it's not really a joke. That, like, <laughs> I love that. The next, <laughs> the next boyfriend will not be seen on camera, you know? Oh, like, okay. will not even, like, not even a, uh, a whisper of, of a doubt on camera. Just but, full mystery. Yeah, just mm-hmm. full mystery. Like but that. also, you know, if, if they are... Th- th- I don't know if they're really interested in being a part of that and a part of mm-hmm. that life. Like maybe we do a photo here and there, like a one fun video. I but I, I really think I, I've experienced the pressure that being a couple on the internet can put on a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is not something I'm interested in playing with again. I love that. If not a full secret, a here and there kind of thing. Yeah. And, and like that's he has a job okay. in finance or something. That has, yeah. You know, like Very just like that, he's you know? there and people like know who he is and he gets like crazy emails sometimes or whatever. <laughs> totally. Totally. But I know exactly. I've seen so many couples like on YouTube with like like daily vlogs and all this and that. And it's just like, it's so sad to see them not work out. Yeah. It's work. Like, it becomes work. Yeah. It's like, dude, that that literally sucks. Like it, it must right. be, it's, it's, it's the breakup that a lot of people don't get to. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's so few relationships that work out these days anyway, you know, yeah, like absolutely. as, as we always hear 50% of marriage ends in divorce. My parents are divorced. I really like, it's, it's really hard for me to grapple on to the perfect love story that I want to follow. Mm-hmm. And so I think to add the cameras in front of you just adds mm-hmm. pressure that like they're in there just adds pressure when there already is pressure on a relationship mm-hmm. to work out. So right. why add that extra pressure when you don't need to? Well, when the floodgates mm-hmm. of LA open oh and you really <laughs> get into the trenches, I'm sure I can't wait for your next partner. That, yeah. We have to double so date funny. when you, when okay. you start dating. Okay, totally. <laughs> I will say it was very shocking um, that people really went for the dm the day of the breakup shocking um, of course I, you know, they I, did you know i wasn't <laughs> responding to any of them but i i, I was like oh people really uh, there are a lot of people out there who are just <laughs> alive and ready <laughs> to make different decisions than i would that's that's literally <laughs> it you know so on this pod we answer some queries from our fans but before we go into the queries i want to ask the final two questions if that's okay What's been the hardest part about this whole thing? And what are you most hopeful for? 
for the future? Um, the hardest part about the whole thing, this is kind of, this is a bit of a sad answer, but it's going mm. to bed alone. Yeah. That's really, that that is something that's really tough um, that I think people don't really talk about when they end a long-term relationship. I guess people probably do talk about it and maybe I just haven't heard it, but you go to bed next to someone for a very long time Mm -hmm. and then you suddenly go to bed alone and it's not because someone is traveling and it's not because they're just like somewhere else for the night. It's because that's how you're going to go to bed for a while for a second. And I tend to like overstimulate myself a lot. I scroll the FYP. I put on a new Netflix show. I'm really into cheer right now. I know I'm late, but I'm really into it. (laughs) And that all falls away when you lay your head down at the end of the night. And that can be really tough because I really feel my loneliness at that point. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. And for that, I recommend Ambien. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, And then the part I have the most hope for is... Again, I I don't know who I am very much as an adult who mm-hmm. um, is just Chris. I, I graduated college into the entity that is Chris and Ian, and I was immediately working in social media out of college and building this brand on top of two people. And I haven't had much time to turn inward and think, who am I graduated out of college? Because so many people have that moment where they graduate out of college and they're living in LA and they're mm-hmm. living in New York and they're like, oh my God, like it's a crisis almost. It's like, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I? Like, yes. I don't know anything about yeah. myself. I, I, I have to go get a job now and I don't. And I think right now I'm, I'm a little excited to have that moment of being like, okay, now I get to figure out who I am. And I've, I've, I'm so blessed to kind of have a job that's putting food on the table right now. So that doesn't have to be a part of my freak out, but it kind of gives me the privilege of discovering who I am in a very fun way. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more about myself. Mm-hmm. Well, it is really commendable what you're doing. You even just like having your whole relationship online and you letting people in like that is an amazing feat that a lot of people don't really have in them, you know, Absolutely. and like your resilience is really admirable. And also, I feel like you you kind of do know who just Chris is. Like you came in here today so confident. We've oh never met God. like you and like you kill it. You really do. <laughs> like you. I really see it. I get it. Like Thank I feel you. like I'm really excited I'm an for actor, your remember? future. <laughs> I mean, aren't we all? But like, yeah, no, totally. Totally. I really, I really do want to like, yeah, I really mean it. Yeah, that means so much, especially from an icon like yourself. You know oh, what I mean? Chris. <laughs> okay, with that, we are going to be back right after the short break with uh, your queries. All right, welcome back. We are here with Chris Olson. Hello. And we are going to be answering some of your queries. If you guys are unaware, we have a hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. We answer every single week. And without further ado, are you ready to dive in, Chris? I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in. Let's Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Our first query. Hey, Mimi. Hey, Gigi. My name is Genesis. I'm a woman of trans experience from Jamaica, Queens, New York, and I have three queries. The first is, have either of you ever been in a situation where you felt unsafe or where you were physically attacked? And if so, would you please share the situation, how they made you feel, and how you got out of them? The second query is what you carry with you on a daily basis to make you feel safe. 
Finally, my last query has to do with the term fishy, which is kind of frowned upon by some members within the LGBTQ community. I mentioned fishy because in season three of Dracula, the contestant Hollow Eve spoke about why the word fishy made them feel uncomfortable as a non-binary person and divulged more on their Instagram story on their thoughts about it. So I wanted to know what your thoughts were on the word and your own words explain why it could be offensive to use to describe people within the LGBTQIA plus community. I'd love to hear back from you. Thank you both for your time and energy. Keep up the great work. XOXO. Stay gorgeous. My Instagram is dopamine interrupted. I'd love to hear back from you. Genesis better work. So sweet. That was good. Yeah. Genesis, thank you so much for your queries. Okay, so there were three queries. Let's answer each one. So the first one was, how, was there any time where you felt unsafe um, in a situation where maybe it wasn't safe to be queer and what did you do? I definitely have been in many um, sketchy situations where I felt it was going to get physical. Nothing nothing crazy. This really does mm-hmm. come from like my early uh, like party days and, you know, like, hooking up when I didn't disclose and just stuff like that. Just very Mm -hmm. childish, dangerous activity. Nothing ever got physical because I really do hold my wits about me. And that's something that I really pride myself on. And you're very disarming, Gigi. Because I can think of a situation when we were in New York City even, um, Mm -hmm. this last fashion week where we were, do you remember it was at Le Bain or where was it? Where we We were asking for a lighter from somebody. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? That was very yes. recent. And they were like looking us up and down. First of all, it was like our party. Second of all, like who are these random people? And we were just asking for a lighter and they were feeling some sort of way. And you just, you can disarm people with your charm. Like you make light of these crazy, uncomfortable, maybe unsafe situations. How do you do that? Like when you see something's going crazy. Experience, honestly. I've been in so many like one-on-one situations, group Mm -hmm. situations. I think it's just, you really just got to keep your wits about you. And I think that's, that's something that people, gay people, queer people, trans people, we just tend to do Mm -hmm. because we're used to the awkward room. We're used to the, you know, hateful speech or violent, you know, activity. And I think that that's, Something that we all just have to learn, you know, and if it Mm -hmm. does get violent or unfortunately, you know, crazy in any way, uh, hopefully you learn from that. Um, Mm -hmm. And to answer your second question really fast, there's literally this like little kit you can carry on your keychain. It has like um, pepper spray, like this Mm -hmm. loud alarm, a light. Wherever I go, I have that with me and I it does make me feel safe. And I've Mm -hmm. like practiced whipping it out. I'm like, Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be jumbling in my purse, like white chicks trying to find it. So I'm like, I really know how to get it. And I can't wait to use it one day. Cause I really want to see someone scream their eyes out when I pepper spray them. How about you, Chris? Um, I, I have not, I've been blessed to not have too many experiences where I've felt too unsafe. I think it was just like the general discomfort of being queer in a very straight space back at school was was a lot for me. Um, and I have also been really privileged. I know this um, event that you guys were talking about happened in New York, but I've been privileged to kind of always live in a place that was very liberal. I've just bopped around from coast to coast. Um, and I think that has been really helpful to me in 
finding my safe space. You know, I immediately moved to West Hollywood um, when I came to LA, which is very gay. And I Mm -hmm. think that Mm -hmm. kind of quickly was like, oh, you're the norm here. And I was like, great, I feel safe here. Right. Totally. I actually, it's it's so funny in some YouTube videos where I go and order coffee, people really clock like my code switch when I start ordering. Oh, um, yeah. Because I will be like yelling in the car <laughs> and then I go to order and I'm like, hi, um, can I get a vanilla ice latte? Which is a very gay order, but you know, you, <laughs> I changed the it voice. Like that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I definitely do have some passing, passing privilege. And I think that also came from once again, the all boys school. Cause that stuff that happens when you're young is what really kind of gets drilled into you. Absolutely. You and know? it's just a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like when I go up to order, I'm like, hi. Right. And it's right, like, right. what am I doing? And my friends in the car are like, girl, <laughs> Yeah, it just, yeah, you yeah. just do it. Right, you just, right. You're not even thinking about it. It just happens. Totally, totally. It, yeah, and that's, I think, the important part is that it's so unconscious. Um, and it's so funny when someone from the outside clocks it, like a viewer or something like that, because I'm like, oh, my God, you are so right. I did not even realize that was happening. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mimi? <laughs> and to answer, well, I've, you know. Yes, I've, please. I've also been in very liberal cities, so I don't have these experiences. But that one was very recent that we had experience. And I don't know how you do it. I don't even know how to explain. But you just make a joke or something that just eases the tension. Because I'm at like I'm at fight or flight at that moment when like I feel something happening. And you just crack a joke or a smile or something. And then it, everybody relaxes. So... I'm very, you know, I'm very lucky to have Gigi around me. And um, for your second question, there are like, um, like triple clicks on your iPhone that will call the emergency line really quickly, or if you have an Apple Watch. So please look into that because it's very important to be safe. Um, Gigi, this is more for you, but what do you think about the fishy term? Because some people don't. Oh, I forgot about this question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like it's a little bit more outdated now. Like, I think that people have have really embraced trans people not taking the medical steps to transition. Do do you mind actually explaining? Yeah. Fishy because I have actually not um, I, I'm not I haven't I haven't experienced this like the um, I haven't even heard it said like really the person is okay so when a, when a I trans girl I don't watch girl... Drag Race so I'm a terrible guy okay okay oh, wow yeah. that's shocking I am a terrible guy <laughs> oh my God. so that's probably my first well it's downfall. probably because you're into musical theater that you don't watch that yes show. <laughs> I'm watching performing all day yeah, yeah. or just because it's it, some of the musicals are really bad on it <laughs> yes except, <laughs> I mean, except for our queen Jan who we went to college to together not at the same year but i think jan oh is we love icon. jan she is yes, mm-hmm. yes she is well okay so fishy is used the term is used when a trans girl looks really 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 feminine so fishy meaning like vagina okay right like, they like, smell like, like fish yeah so it's like oh my god girl you are fishy mm-hmm. like it's like you look really 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 feminine and beautiful and passable Sure. Right. Interesting. So she's saying fishy. It's funny because when I started transitioning, and it's a little bit sad that once you started transitioning, it was like, you got to be the most feminine possible. And I'm like a really, really bad example of this because I am like, my my look is so girly, extensions, makeup, all that stuff, dresses. But it's it's really come to light more recently that if you're trans, it doesn't mean that you have to go on hormone replacement therapy. It doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. need to undergo all these surgeries. It doesn't change 
your transness. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason yeah. of what she's getting at is how do you feel about the word fishy? And personally, I think it's really cute. I think it's really playful. Like if mm-hmm. someone were to be like, you look fishy, I would be like, yes, but <laughs> I would never use it on somebody. Yes, right. And but it doesn't it validate is- someone's transness. So if someone is not fishy, it doesn't mean they're less trans or, you know, less of a woman because they're not fishy. Totally. Right. It's just yep. not in my vocab. And right, it's exactly. not derogatory to me. It's just almost like a little like gossipy. Yeah. Like it's very like a, almost like a term of endearment totally. that I would use that I would get used on with like friends. Totally. Like I could see like Gia Gunn saying that to me. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, she's serving fish. Yes. And I'd be like, yes. Like, <laughs> right. And right. then that's it. Understood. Yeah. Thank you, Genesis. That was such a great query. Thank you so much for calling in from Jamaica, Queens. Okay. Our next query. Here we go. Hi. My name is as you know, I think I called on here before, but uh, <clears throat> my question is, I'm in a pageant, uh, I'm in a beauty pageant, and we have to speak in front of other people, and I wanted some advice, like, to see, um, like, I want to see, like, different, like, types of ways to talk in front of people, because I notice I get a little anxious around doing that, and so I just would like some advice, and I hope you have a great day. I just want to tell you guys, you guys are amazing, and you guys are worth it, and you do amazing things. I love you, and yeah, love you. Rebecca, thank you so much for that question. Um, first of all, you've called into the right place because Queerified is a beauty pageant podcast. Um, <laughs> I actually have really technical answers to this because I actually really love beauty pageants, but do you have an answer, Gigi? Oh no! I was gonna go to you first. I Here we go, Christopher. no, I felt that energy, Did but you? I was also because I because of the theater thing, I guess. Oh, but yes. also, I I I very much tend to get very nervous public speaking mm-hmm. because there's there is a difference of playing a role and then being, being yourself. yourself and so speaking. much more vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. so vulnerable. So honestly, my my one and only thing to say is like, be proud of yourself for the for the fact that you're doing this in the first place that is huge second i guess i uh, one of one of my um pieces of advice would be maybe also try to play it like a role like play Mm -hmm. a little bit of the character of yourself let it come from the heart but then be the character be the fiercest version of yourself it's Mm -hmm. like how lady gaga says gaga is what like being lady gaga is what made her feel comfortable to be a Mm -hmm. performer and that is still so quintessentially her Mm -hmm. let yourself find your gaga i'm being so much right now but let let yourself find it and Mm. yes and and like and per- be the fiercest version of yourself and i think that that will that could be very helpful but mm-hmm. also you're doing amazing just by doing it in the first place exactly exactly everything always i find melts away with public mm-hmm. speaking given the first like minute or even like 30 seconds like I really get so nervous too. Like I've been doing this a long time. People are like, you still do. I still get like butterflies, even like before events. And sometimes I get that like exciting feeling in my Mm -hmm. stomach. Like, should I go? Should I go home? Like, this is like so much. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it is like that with public speaking and everyone's looking at you. And like, you just really, you just, you let it go after Mm -hmm. like the first few words you say, because you just know everyone's like looking at you and people are feeling the same thing. You're all sharing the same human experience. And then you're like, Oh wow. I want to do that again when you're Mm -hmm. done. 
You know? Um, you have to indulge me a little bit because I'm going to get really technical here. Get into I've been it. In, <laughs> I grew up in the Philippines and my parents put me in um, public speaking classes since I was four. But And also that like Philip, beauty pageant culture is really big in the Philippines. And this is how you answer a question. They're going to ask you a question and it's going to ask you to take an opinion. Have an opinion. So take a stance on what the question is. Back it up and finish it with a strong statement. So the question is going to be like, do you believe in cancel culture? First of all, pick a side. If you don't believe in cancel culture, tell them why. And if you believe in cancel culture, tell them why. And then find a really nice button at the end that's like really fierce and cute. And if you're going to be in a pageant, go search up like top 100 pageant questions and figure out how you're going to practice, how you're going to answer it. Practice. Like, how do you think the world can achieve world peace? Tell me. If you don't know that, maybe you shouldn't be in a beauty pageant, but that's I what love I that. Take a stance. To like, just give it to them like you know it. Oh, exactly. that's so good. They don't care what your stance is. They care how you say the answer, how you don't back stutter. it up. Don't stutter. Yeah, look exactly. cute. Yeah. Well, go out there and kill, kill a girl. Also, so we want to know your Instagram. You. I want to see you in pageant mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rebecca. Okay, last question. Hi, Gigi. Hi, beautiful. Um, I have a question real quick. Um, I'm with my boyfriend. You know, we've been together for for about seven months, I want to say. Um, so I'm in a situation where I let him move in with me, and it's not working out. How do I dump him? Thank you. Oh, I'm JP. Bye. Um, from New Mexico. Love you, bye. Thank you so much for that question. Um, I'm so sorry that you're in this predicament. He's moved in and now you have dumped him. I will be honest, I've never had this experience before. I don't even like... He wants to dump him. How do you dump somebody who lives in your home? It's It must be really hard. I think just pure honesty, right? Yeah, I think I think we need to go the communication route. Okay. Um, if there hasn't been very strong communication up until now, it needs to start now because I think we even get into touchy territory when we want to dump people because I don't think anyone truly deserves to be dumped. But if you're able to kind of communicate, then maybe it'll be more of an amicable separation. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, we don't know the full story. Maybe this guy has been really rough to you or something Mm -hmm. like that but regardless if you start with a feeling communicate how you've been feeling about everything that's been going on you can't lose when you go to the emotion agreed and maybe if the communication hasn't been there really start slow like you don't want to like cause anyone to like hurt themselves or feel really bad about themselves and all that so maybe just like be easy Mm because nobody wants I mean Unless something happened, like Chris said, we don't know the full story, but I don't think anybody really wants to like dump anyone or get dumped. Right. Like, right. It's like, that's a lot. If you really care about this yeah. person, just let them down slowly. What but do that's you guys, savage. It, it, but what do you guys think about maybe like, okay, getting together and creating a plan? Like, okay, you're going to move out on this date. You're going to figure this out. This is how you're going to do it. Like, that's where my brain goes. Like, okay, I'm going to help you. Yeah. And we're oh, going to figure this out yeah. together. Solution planning beyond. That's where I would mm-hmm. be too. Yes. Especially yes. if somebody had a conversation like that with me, I would be like, okay, this is what I need. Can we work mm-hmm. out a plan? Or right. on the other way, I'd be like, so this is what's going to go down. These are my needs. Right. I, mm-hmm. I learned that, um, I think, think I learned this in college, that you should never 
present a problem without also presenting a solution. Mm-hmm. Granted, with feelings and with a breakup, there isn't really a solution and the problem is probably more nuanced. But if you're going to present maybe the problem of work, living together isn't working out, what's the solution that you can also present? Mm-hmm. Obsessed with that. Yeah. Obsessed. yeah it changed my life. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for joining us and thank you guys all for sending in your queries. I hope we helped you out. I hope we answered it. Uh, you know, I hope we help you find an easier way a little bit. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. This really was such a wonderful time. Um love talking to you both. So easy to talk to you both. This conversation was like beautiful. It was beautiful. I had a blast and I learned so much about you. Yeah, like thank really, you. like thank the Chris Olson, and now I, we have another LA friend. Yeah, maybe I us. learned a lot about me too, and that's what I've loved about this conversation. Is I'm like, I said some stuff that I'm like, oh, that was good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Thank you to our very special guest, Chris Olson, and thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and me at Mark Maverick. As always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, and review. It helps us so much, and you might just hear your review on an upcoming episode. And follow all episodes, available now for free, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. You've just been queerified. Stay gorgeous.